Praise the Lord, it's chat time again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scripture. Praise the Lord. So this week we'll continue with um, our study of 1 Kings chapter 13. But I want to go back a little bit to give some history. Last week we started and we read the first 10 verses of... um, of um, chapter 13, but I want to go back to chapter 11 to give a little bit of a history, because I was thinking about Solomon. I was thinking about how I remember the Lord, when, when he prayed, he asked the Lord for wisdom to to rule the people. I mean, he, he didn't ask for that he just be smarter or anything. He wanted the wisdom to rule the people. And the Lord blessed him with that and more. So he um, made him the wisest man that ever was. And in in the word it says, the wisest man that ever will be, in, except... In and of himself. I mean, but those who have the Holy Ghost... 
they have surpassed that because the Lord said the greater than Solomon is here. So when we put our trust in the Lord, but just to have a, a gift bestowed upon a person as far as wisdom, the Lord said he wouldn't do that with anybody else other than Solomon. And then, so I was reading, and that's where, you know, after the Lord blessed him, then the two women with the baby came forth, and he um, had the wisdom to decide who was the rightful mother of that child. So I was thinking, you know, Solomon was really blessed. But when you read in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, verse 6, it says, And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Right. Which really surprised me. Right. And then some history and background starts with verse 9 of chapter 11. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord, God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. Right. So the Lord... It's not like the Lord left Solomon all by himself. It's not like it, it, it's not like he just he was left out there just hanging. Right. And people are, God appeared to him twice. Twice. And here's the thing: when people talk about Solomon, they they, they skip over this this part, the, the latter part of his life, because the Lord even promised him long life, which he did not necessarily receive because the longevity was contingent upon his obedience and upon his heart being uh, totally de totally dedicated to the Lord. So people don't realize that in the latter part of his life, Solomon's heart was turned away from God. Right. And he so he served I, other gods. Right. So we can see that starting with verse 10, um, and we'll go on down to verse 13. And had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days I will not do it for David, thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Yeah, so um, it wasn't going to happen in Solomon's time, but he was telling them that you did wrong. You you weren't ruling like you like you said you really wanted to rule. Right. And you're doing evil. You're going... You're setting an example that the people could use as an excuse to sin. Because it said in the 33rd verse, when it came to Solomon and the people, because the Lord had decreed this thing. Because that thou hast forsaken me and worshipped Asherah, the goddess of the Zionites, she must the god of the Moabites and Milcom the god of the children of Ammon and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes and to keep my statutes and my judgment as did David his father right so so because he said they have forsaken 
me. But they, they learned to do that. They justified doing that because Solomon was doing that. And by him being the head, the whole body was sick. Okay, so so, so all those gods... Asterisk and... Now, uh, uh, you know, that he was serving, mm-hmm. they had to do with all his wives or women that he hung right, around with. Right. The, I mean, it's not all like... his wives. It's not like he chose those on his own, he he was kind of... Um, well, he might not have started out choosing them on his own. I don't know what he did later after he had succumbed to the influence. So when you talk about Astra, which, by the way, is where we get this concept of Easter from, instead of the Passover, the pagan version of, of what a lot of people celebrate, the goddess of Astareth is, mm-hmm. is where that concept of Easter comes from. And... Uh, they were the goddess. Uh, it was the goddess of, Z- of, the, of the Zidonians. So you can understand they were worshiping all kind of things. These were the people doing this, and they and they used Solomon as an excuse. So this reminds me of presidents. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the kings are equal or uh, uh, similar to the presidents of our days now. Mm-hmm. So whatever the uh, presidents do, that trickles down to how the general population is going to be like. So when you think about um, Obama, for example, mm-hmm. you know, and he, his legacy was the... Uh, Same sex. Well, it, he, he had a heart for the people, the... Hmm? Homosexual people. I mean, that right. they have so to have his rights. Legacy. His heart was toward those so uh, people, and and then as a result, we have same-sex marriage and because all. Because he he made he legalized. So so then all of a sudden, this just blossomed with uh, homosexuality, and then with Trump, you know. Now I I believe, and this is just my opinion, that. You have more racism now, right. and you know there's a greater hate for any person of color. You know, right? Because Mexicans and and whether they're black, brown, Af- red, mm-hmm. yellow, he just has this. He has in his mind what race is more valuable than the other race. There's, he just has no regard for people of color. He has more he regard has, for some people of color over other people of color. If they're rich. Yeah, if they're well, very, very, he, very he, wealthy. Even if they're wealthy. He has some regard of people of color over other people of color, but as a whole, he has no respect for people of color. But anyway, that that's an example of how things trickle down. So whatever the king did... The people, when you know, it's like they saw it. Well, they use it as an excuse, see, because of his stand, then they could justify their acts. And the Lord said, when the head is sick, the whole body's sick. Yes, and I was picking back and off of what you said about Trump. I was think he's more open with it. He's he's not it's not hidden. It's like what you see. This this is I. This is who I am. I'm a racist. I'm out. I'm not hiding it. It's it's out here. And then a liar. Now, this is what I, I, I can't understand, because that same spirit, you know, that same spirit of idolatry, that same type of disobedient, rebellious spirit, though he does some things for the church, well, what bothers me about church leaders, because he does some things for the church, they turn a blind eye to the things that he does that are wrong, and they try to justify his wrongful acts 
because he has done some things that in their mind's eye is is the right thing to do. But you can't do that. If a person's doing right, then you, you commend them for it. But if they're doing wrong, you rebuke them for it. You let them know that's wrong. But nope, the church leaders try to justify him in doing the things that are wrong because he's done some things that favor the churches. But you can't uphold a person in their unrighteousness. And Rehoboam, his, his, if his attitude, if his heart was towards the Lord, like David, his father, he never would have listened to the advice of the young men. He would have gone to the Lord. After he sought counsel with the older men, after he sought counsel with the younger men, if his heart was anything like David, well, he, he would have gone to the Lord and said, Lord, which one of these do I take? Whose advice do I follow? But his heart wasn't towards the Lord. And that same spirit of, of going in your own way, that same attitude, it's like it infested the kingdom. It's like it infected all the tribes where people felt like they could just basically do what they wanted to do. Solomon did it, you know. And so the people were thinking, well, we can just, you know, if, if, if the green tree does it, the dry tree says, well, I might as well do it too. So you had that, I don't know, it was disjointed. And so the Lord was about to purge, to chastise. So in chapter 11, verse, verses 42 and 43, we're at the time where Solomon's life is just over now. Yes, and it reads, And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father. And Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his stead. Okay, so his son took over, mm-hmm. and it. Um, this is the 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 son is the one, you know, who consulted with. It, you can see it in chapter twelve, starting at verse six. His son consulted with old men, like, you know, what should I do? I think it's. Um, Well, why don't we read through 15, 6 through 15. And the king Rehoboam consulted with old men that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived and said, How do ye advise that I may answer these people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant to this people this day and will serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the old men which have given him and counseled with the young men that were growing up with him and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter? And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shall thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shall thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now, Whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, 
I will add your yoke. I will add to your yoke. My father has chastened you with whips, but I will chasten you with scorpion. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Reboam the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him and spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastened you with whips, but I will chasten you with scorpions. Wherefore the king hearkened not unto the people, for the cause was from the Lord, that he might perform his saying, which the Lord spanked by Ahijah. The sheep, the Shelonite, unto Jeroboam the son of Nebat. Okay, so now he spoke to him, and he had prophesied to Jeroboam, and the madness of Solomon. That also, to me, was infectious. It also went through the people because Solomon did what Saul did to David. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam when he received the prophecy. He didn't. He didn't repent. You could see how his spirit had changed. When he received the prophecy that the Lord was going to rend the kingdom from him uh, during his son's time, when he received that prophecy, it it never occurred to him to repent, just like Saul. He didn't humble himself. He He didn't cry out before the Lord. He didn't go softly before the Lord. He didn't do any of that. He tried to kill Jeroboam the same way Saul tried to kill David. So now that type of climate is what was uh, going on when Jeroboam decided to build an altar where he was so that the children of Israel would not have to go to Jerusalem. All right, so that you can find in chapter 12, um, further down. Right. Um, I think it's around, I, I have marked verse 21, and 23 and 24 um, it says and when Jeroboam was come out to Jerusalem he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin and hundred and four score thousand chosen men which were warriors to fight against the house of Israel to bring the kingdom again to Reboam the son of Solomon but the word of God came unto Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak unto Reboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Thus said the Lord, Ye shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing is from me. They hearken therefore to the word of the Lord and return to depart according to the word of the Lord. So the Lord was very, very clear. This is my idea. This is going to happen because I said so. Right, because of your sins. Mm -hmm. And and there has to be uh, a a chastisement. There has to be something that will bring you back to me because the way the people were going, they would be thinking they could serve two masters and the Lord lets them know no you can't serve two masters they're only thinking it's alright to go in your own way and the Lord say no it's not alright well the king did it they don't care so you can't justify 
but like a lot of people do today, you can't justify doing wrong because somebody else is doing wrong, even if it's if it's uh, the head. Because if the people had, as a people, gone before the Lord and said, Lord, the, the, the king Solomon is, is given over to idols, and you are our God, and, and what is he doing? The Lord would have responded, but the mm-hmm. people didn't do that. They took that opportunity to serve Asterisk, to serve Milcom, to serve to serve Molech, and, and some of these gods they were serving were uh, had to be served through human sacrifice. So these people were really they were off on the deep end, you know. And so they wanted to stay out there on the deep end. So the Lord said He's going to separate them and He was going to deal with them. But this is what He told Jeroboam. If you would just do right, like David did, if you would just follow me, he said, I'll make you a sure house in Israel. He said, because I'm not going to punish David in them forever now. Not his house. I'm not going to punish it forever. But you'll have a sure house in Israel. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he wanted. And, and it's something how, when it comes to politics, the power is just like with Esau. Goes to your head. Right. It was more important to him to be in power mm-hmm. than to fear the Lord. Okay, so Jeroboam now, he's thinking, he's saying this in his heart and he's thinking, he's uh, he's planning and plotting and he's saying to himself that, hmm, now, if the kingdom goes back to the house of David and they do sacrifice to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the people are going to turn away from me. Right. See, that's how, that's how. And then they're going to kill me. And they're going to end up killing me. Right. Instead of recognizing that the Lord was the one that had established him. See, that, that's the difference between faith. He's acting as if he got to this position on his own strength. And it's like he forgot that the only reason why he is king is because God established him. Mm-hmm. A prophet came to him, rent the clothing, told him he was going to have ten tribes. Told him all of this. Told him that he would make him a, a, a sure house in Israel. Told him everything. All he had to do was serve him. But his heart was not towards the Lord. So this is what he did, starting at verse 28 to 31. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Israel. Egypt, and he said, and he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan, and this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan, and he made an house of high places, and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. Okay, now there's some significance about Bethel. What happened at Bethel? I think Bethel? at Bethel is where, I believe it's where Jacob uh, got his prophecy from the Lord as far as the Lord establishing his house and how the people were going to be blessed in it. And I believe there he built an altar. Because Bethel used to be called Luz, L-U-Z. And mm-hmm. but when Jacob got that vision, uh, the Lord uh, it's, it's saying that God was going to establish him. Then Jacob said, I believe he said, surely God has visited this place. I've seen the Lord in this place, something to that effect. And he established an altar there. So it's like where, where, where the prophecy was sacred unto the people, that's the very place where he set up a golden calf. Now the people did not have to go to the golden calf. 
See, this is the thing. They did not have to sin. They could have said, God forbid that we should bow down to a calf, something that's made with man's hands. But this was the heart of the people. This was the mindset of the people. They wanted to go in their own way because coming uh, with idol worship comes also the ability for them to exercise the evil of their imagination came with them giving over to the lust of their flesh it came with them rebelling against the word of God not having to abide by any of the feasts or the ordinances that were established to remind them that the Lord is their God they were just like the Gentiles but only worse and so here we have where the, the kingdom has been rent and then we so have Jeroboam setting up an altar and he's burning incense like So he's now a he's a king. So right. you know, I was I was thinking that maybe he made himself a king, but that's not so. And it says in verse twenty that when Israel heard that he was he came back, they they sent and called him to the congregation and, and made him king over right. Israel. Because I'm pretty sure they were made aware of the prophecy that she should have given him concerning the fact that God was going to give him rule over the ten tribes. So at this point, there are two kings. Right. Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And Jeroboam had all the... And we're not counting the the, the Levites. Levites. He had all the tribes except... Judah and Benjamin and Benjamin and Benjamin is so small that they don't consider they just folded them in under Judah because they're so small so he had the majority of the tribes right Right. that's really interesting and the Lord told him he said he'd make him a king and he could rule whatever his heart desired is what the Lord was telling him whatever he desired or pictured himself to be if he would just give himself over to Righteousness and walk up right before him. God said, "I will establish you just that much. I will, I will honor your your desires just that much." But his heart wasn't right. So now that we gave you some background, um, next week we'll get into the nitty gritty of um, chapter thirteen. We'll start with um, we'll start with the first ten verses. Now that you have what's leading up to this. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Ephesians 6 and 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ain't God all right? God is all right. 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 Praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was... What is the sting of death? And the answer is sin. That answer can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56, which reads, The sting of death is sin. This week's food for thought is, What is the strength of sin? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.